you are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? What's happening? What's new? Come on in, grab a seat. This is my show. Uh, starting off the show with what I think is probably the biggest track that we've played on the show in 2022, and it's Betamax. Uh, love those guys. Uh, love that song, and it has been such a fan favorite of the show. Um, and uh, I, you know, I was talking to Betamax on Instagram. Maybe I should get him on the show. What do you think? You guys want to talk to the uh, creator behind the music for this? I think, right? I think that'd be great. What's going on? It is, uh, I'm recording this real time. This is um, the 12th right? So it's Monday the 12th. This will come out tomorrow. So this is current. This isn't a backlogged episode. Lots to talk about, lots to catch you up on. Uh, just bear with me and uh, my slow brain because I am still recovering uh, or trying to get my way through the thousands and thousands and thousands of DMs on my Instagram account once, uh, what is it? <laughs> Jesus, once 12 km went viral um which has been pretty crazy hey man we just watched your film and uh, i can tell you that it's the worst film i ever looked thank you for link but uh so much disappointment me too <laughs> me too <laughs> so i love those guys i think that has to be my favorite review <laughs> of the film so far um, yeah, it's crazy. We went viral. For those of you who haven't been following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy, haven't been inundated with 12km materials and information. I know that there's a lot of you regulars, regular uh, In Love With The Process listeners that are like, Jesus, dude, <laughs> so much 12km going on. I know. I know. It's a lot. Um, we went viral here in the US, uh, I think like two weeks ago. I think that post in itself is just crossing 4 million. And then we went viral again in India. Um, and then we went viral uh, in Turkey for some reason. And I think that post itself is crossing a million. So, yeah, I've got <laughs> thousands and thousands of DMs. A lot of folks from Turkey, a lot of uh, quite the range of individuals. I have a lot of fun posting the negative reviews, um, just because they're fun. Um, but I've gotten so many great positive reviews. I've met so many great horror fans, so many great new horror fans through this process. Uh, we've talked about our favorite horror movies. I've got all of your lists. I am very impressed with how rabid and rampant uh, horror fans are across the planet. Um, it's fucking rad. I mean, th this is social media working at its best for an independent filmmaker. Let's just be 100% transparent about it. Like this is it working very well. Most of the time to reach this kind of audience, there's millions of dollars spent by giant corporations uh, paying off people and putting information out there as much as they can. One would even say buying reviews, all that kind of stuff happening. Uh, I'm just a regular dude. <laughs> I don't have... I don't have nearly that kind of budget to do something like this. So it was pretty much an accidental uh, viral video. 
um, that I, of course, have been uh, trying to rope as many people in as possible. And uh, there are those of you out there going, why don't you just drop this thing on YouTube? Why the fuck are you making this so difficult to watch? Well, my response has consistently been, if I had done that, if I had posted this video on YouTube, let's say 2017, 2018, would any of you give a fuck? Consistently, I think the answer is no. I think that if there was some rando Russian video, I don't even think Instagram's algorithm would give a shit because it doesn't have everything in it that it needs to promote it to you, right? There isn't some hot chick that's on the, on the, on the thumbnail, right? That's, that rolls into your algorithm. There, no one's eating cheeseburgers. That may roll into your food algorithm. There are no cats or animals in this video, right? So how many of you wouldn't have been able to see it? I would say majority of you, right? This is the world we live in. Yes, you can post things for free on outlets like YouTube, but it just gets lost in a sea of nothingness. It just gets lost. And at the end of the day, the stuff that's the most successful is just, it's so funny how the algorithm actually is <laughs> replicating what Hollywood does. Someone posts something that happens to catch fire, and the next thing you know, the algorithm's like, well, that's the shit. Everybody do that. Do that. Do that. Do that. Over and over again. You know, it's crazy. And that, what happens is, is that you miss stuff. You don't get to see things. And so when folks are like, well, why are you gatekeeping? Gatekeeping is such a horrible term. I'm not gatekeeping. It's not like I'm, I'm standing in front of a gate somewhere going, give me cash and then you can watch this movie. Or I'm not like sizing you up. Unfortunately, the initial post, and we talked about it on the last episode, the initial post, the guy who did the post was trying to get some clickbait action out of it. And he's like, is Mike being pretentious or not? No, I mean, initially my, my call to action was, Write to me on Instagram. Tell me your three favorite horror movies. Um, and if I agree with you, we'll give you a link. And I guess maybe that's the gatekeeping is that if I agree with you. But the reality of the situation is, is if you spend the time, why am I asking you to do that? I want to see if you're a real horror fan. I've given the link out to people that haven't done that. And I've seen their reviews. I've seen the way that they respond to the movie. And it's like, well, you're not going to like the fucking movie. Right? So why am I going to, I'm not going to waste my time. I'd rather give this movie to the people that want to see it. I'd rather give this movie to the, the truest horror fans that exist out there, right? I want to give this movie to people that are excited. And then also ask a larger question. I was asking myself this the other day, as I sort of look at the amount of people that have wanted to see this movie and people that are ravenous to see a movie that is in Russian, it's a movie that is in the Russian language that's subtitled. It's a foreign film by all, <laughs> by all, def, all points of the definition. It's a foreign film, subtitled, in Russian, and there isn't an actor in it that anybody knows, right? There's no actor in it. And if you saw the trailer for my piece, it's a very art film trailer. So why is everybody ravenous about this? Marketing, right? Advertising, an idea. So now my next question is, would we like E.T. if E.T. was just dumped on Instagram or on uh, YouTube, rather? Would we, be, would we have been as crazy about that movie if it was just dumped on YouTube? 
right? If there wasn't weeks and weeks and months and months of advertising and uh, uh, trailer commercials and uh, write-ups in the newspaper and all that stuff that were making us hungry to see it, every time you saw that out on TV, you were like, fuck, I want to watch this movie. Would it be as big if it just dumped on YouTube? I'd say no. And you're seeing a lot of that with movies that are just dumped on Netflix, right? Netflix doesn't spend a lot of money on the advertising for all their films. I think they do for their big tentpole ones. You know, the, the, the movies that have either caught fire or the movies that they've spent millions and millions of dollars creating, they do a little bit of advertising, but most of that's internal, right? Right? So how many movies have come out on Netflix that were kind of like, yeah, maybe I'll get to it. Yeah, whatever. I'll see it, maybe. It's completely different than when the fucking Matrix movies were coming out. It's completely different than when Fight Club came out. Like, if Fight Club was just dumped on Netflix right now, would we give as much of a shit about it without those consistent running commercials and trailers and advertisements? And then, is it a bad thing? What I love is feeling that excitement. I want to be the same way that all of you are that want to see 12KM. I want to feel that, holy fuck, there's someone that is actually engaging with us and I actually have to do something to actually see this movie. This is exciting. This is fucking exciting. So everybody that I give that link out to is like, yes, I'm going to watch it right now. I'm going to drop everything I'm doing and I'm going to watch this movie right now. Why wouldn't I do it this way? You know? It's awesome, man. It's fucking great. And there's no like hidden agenda. I'm not, I'm not stealing your information. Like how many of you just sign off on fucking update releases every time your phone updates happen? And you guys are like, yeah, sure, take all my info. You don't even fucking think about it. I'm not even doing that. I'm just putting it out. I'm putting it out. I'm not charging you for it. You can leave a donation if you want. I've seen the people that have, and it's much appreciated. That money goes towards the podcast. I'm also selling t-shirts. By the way, we're on the pre-sale for t-shirts. That ends in two days. Go on now. My Instagram, at Mike Petchy, the link is in my bio. Uh, go order the shirts. I'm also selling the, um, what do you call it? The storyboard pro, uh, podcast shirts that are there. Backed by popular demand. Pick them up now. The pre-sale ends in a day or so. But you don't have to do that to watch the movie. You know, that's nuts. And I like, I, there has just been a small select few of you that have been verbal about this, going like, why are you fucking gatekeeping? Well, and those people probably aren't even listening to the podcast. So why am I wasting my breath? I'm just saying it out loud, right? I did it this way. Honestly, I did it this way, not even thinking it was going to get this many people and be this big. I sort of did it to the people that were listening to my podcast and the other podcasts that I went on to, which I had assumed a couple hundred people would write to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume it would go this big. But then people are like, well, why don't you just release it for free right now? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cheapen the experience that everybody's had up to this moment. If you've noticed, I've been trying to keep ahead of the tidal wave that's been happening. And so I'll do links that I post for a couple of hours or a few days that get pulled down just to help these, because I have so many people that are like, you, you don't like my reviews. 
when you don't hear from me, it's not that I don't like your selections. That's very rare. The only people that I don't like when they write to me are people that are, I just posted it this morning. What did this fucking guy say? <laughs> There's some pretty aggressively rude people out there, which is nuts. Uh, can I watch 12KM, sir? You son of a bitch. Just answer my message, asshole. Give me the fucking film. <laughs> I wonder how well that works for him on other things. <laughs> I know he's probably like a 13-year-old somewhere. But does he go to his mom and go, give me the fucking sandwich? <laughs> does he go over to his friend's house and, and his friend's mom's making dinner and he goes, can you just give me the fucking food right now, please? You know, come on, dude. I know you're young, but grow up, right? You're not going to get a link. Those people don't get links from me. All right? And if, if you want to call me a gatekeeper for, for keeping the rude, crazy fucking people out of my theater experience, then yeah, okay, I'll take it. I'll take that title. But anyway, so many of you have really enjoyed this movie-going experience, and I'm so happy to meet so many of you. You guys are the best. The best. So excited. And yes, please stick around, listen to the podcast. I am working on a couple more movies, so there will be more releases. And the question that I'm consistently getting from everybody is, is there going to be a sequel? Is there going to be another film? Well, this is a proof-of-concept short film that I've used to pitch a feature film. So we have a feature film written. It is written by my friend Will Simmons, who, by the way, big shout-out to Will today because he is on the blacklist again. If you guys don't know, the blacklist is an amazing screenwriting uh, website that goes through and finds the best. I think it's unproduced screenplays right now right? I think that's the move. They find screenplays that should be made in Hollywood, and they've been around for a while. Will was on years ago um, with his script, Murder City. I think that's the right script, Will. Murder City, I think that was like 2013, 2014 or something like that. He just got on again this year. That's twice on the blacklist, thousands and thousands of submissions. Uh, so that is quite the accomplishment, his new script, Undo. Uh, was selected. Fuck yeah, Will. Big shout out. I'm super proud of the dude. Him and I um, have been working together for years. Will sought me out when he saw the short years ago, um, and him and I have been working together ever since. He wrote the feature version of 12KM, so there is a bigger version of it, and I, <laughs> I just posted this this morning. For those of you who are like, well, the dialogue was a little loose, I'm not a screenplay writer. I'm a director. I wrote, screen, I wrote that screenplay out of necessity. I needed to do it. Um, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And so <laughs> Will's writing the feature, <laughs> which is going to make it even better. So if you guys love, 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 love the short film, the feature uh, script being written by such a, an amazing screenplay writer is already putting us up over. Right, so we're in a good place uh, for that. So, anyway, let's continue. Uh, enough about twelve cam for a little bit. What's going on with you guys? Uh, I am trying to get into the holiday spirit, man. I'm uh, in the process of. Uh, I'm, I'm late. 
I got to buy a bunch of gifts. Have you guys already bought your presents? Have you guys already got your shit together for your family? What are you doing this year? Are you going home for the holidays? You going to go visit friends and family? What, what's going on? We're not. Gina and I are staying back here in Los Angeles this year. We had just done the East Coast thing a couple of times, and I'm really starting to like the, the little Christmas thing that we set up here uh, in LA. So we have friends that come over that don't go home and we have a big meal and we put things together. We just bought the tree. Uh, pretty awesome. We got a really sweet tree this year. Um, we have to decorate it. Uh, we were supposed to decorate it tonight. Maybe that's tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, but those of you who have trees in Los Angeles, I don't know if I've, I might've talked about this last year. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, because of how dry the air is here. So back on the East Coast, you buy a tree, you just make sure you water it, right? It just gets watered in the stand, and then you're good to go. But uh, here, the air is so fucking dry that you actually have to spray the tree every night with like a, like a spritz bottle, like a water bottle. So uh, you have to keep your eyes on it just because it dries out so fucking quick. Um, but we got a beautiful tree this year. I'm excited about it. And uh, we're putting together our guest list for Christmas Day. It's going to be a small group of us, which is cool. Uh, after the big Thanksgiving feast, I, I think I'm ready to have it be an intimate, intimate Christmas this year. And Gina's already planning. We're going to do a New Year's party. Yes, those of you who are in Los Angeles and that are our pals, we will be doing a New Year's party. You should probably contact Gina for information on that, my booking agent. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, excited. Uh, trying to get all that stuff done. And and we went to the mall the other night. And I love, <laughs> they do these things at the mall where they bring in fake snow machines and they spray it every once in a while. I think they have it scheduled at like eight o'clock at night or something. Or if you walk in the mall, you have all the Christmas lights. They have like the Santa thing set up and then fake snow. It starts snowing, right? Which is cool. Uh, this year, I know more about snow machines than I did the past year because we just shot that short with the snow machine. <laughs> so I know how expensive it is for them to run those snow machines. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but it's fun, man. Uh, Los Angeles really knows how to uh, do the Christmas thing and do the holiday thing. They really do. They really make it awesome here. And there's like a bunch of really cool pop-up bars we can go in their holiday pop-up bars. Um, I got to see where we're going to go this year. We went to one last year that was a lot of fucking fun. It was like a whiskey bar. They had all these holiday drinks and then they did karaoke and people went up and told like their Christmas lists or Christmas stories. It was really cool. There's a lot of really cool like holiday celebrations that happen here in Los Angeles. They do a good job with it. I'm surprised, you know, you know being the old East Coast, East Coast, East Coast, fuck Mike, being the old East Coast kid, I was always like, what are they going to do there? What are we going to put fucking Christmas lights on palm trees? <laughs> Just it goes to show what a moron I am. Um, <clears throat> but while we were at the mall, we decided to go to the movies. And I went and saw, I'm excited and happy that I saw it uh, in theaters. But I went and saw uh, Meet the Fablements. Have you guys seen it yet? The Spielberg movie that has been out for a little while. I don't know if it's still in theaters. I hope it is. Um, I really fucking enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I'm so happy that it, that it got a theatrical release, and I'm so happy that it got put out there. And, it, you know, I think a lot of people were hesitant because it's a movie directed by Steven Spielberg about his life, which is, you know, it's kind of like, 
you know, this is kind of glad handing, like sort of pat yourself on the back kind of stuff going on, right? Like, yes, we get it. You're such a big time director. And wow, you, we got to make a movie about how you became a big time director. But he doesn't get there, which I like. He actually goes in and creates a love letter to forgiveness and a love letter to families and a love letter to cinema and his love of cinema. It's very inspiring to watch. It makes you remember the core elements of movie making. It makes you remember where inspiration comes from and how to find that inspiration and how to capture that inspiration and how to capture that wonderment that is film. And I think we've become so closed off to that. We've become so calloused and jaded to the magic that is filmmaking. You know, I'm in the edit right now. I'm, I'm cutting that last short that I did. Um, and my buddy Josh has been over. He just sunk all the footage. Those of you who don't know, sinking. Uh, oftentimes when you're shooting a movie, you have a separate sound guy who is recording a boom pole and potentially wireless microphones that are hidden around on set. And then... Um, that isn't being fed into your camera, especially if you're using a cinema camera. That is being recorded independently. So when you see people come in with slates in front, so if you're watching like blooper reels or whatever, and I know there's a lot of filmmakers that are rolling your eyes, but bear with me. There's other people that listen to the show. Relax. When people put slates in, right, on the slate, it'll say the production, but it'll also say what take it is um, and what shot number it is. And then you'll hear the person on set call out that shot number and then clap it, right? That is so when you're listening to the audio files, which are separately, you can hear that person say, hey, this is for this shot, this take number. And then when it claps, that is the loudest sound. That is the peak sound that will be recorded on the audio. And then when you're watching the video, uh, there's all, all sorts of new tech right now where it'll sync things automatically for you. But traditionally, when you're watching it, you look for when that slate clapper hits the bottom, just when it touches the slate, and you know that's the point to put the loudest part of the audio underneath. And when you do that, everything will be in sync. So when someone's talking, their mouth matches what you're hearing. Pretty cool, right? For those of you who aren't cinephiles, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I just had my buddy Josh over and, uh, he was syncing for the past couple of days, putting everything together for us. And I just started to go through and, and pull some selects and watch selects, but the magic of like cutting between shots and the magic of seeing practical shots, shots work. It's really fucking cool. It reminds me of why I love to make these things. And beyond special effects and beyond giant budgets and beyond all that corporate bullshit that we're sold all the time with this, at the end of the day, it's you, your friends, a camera, and you're just trying to, you're trying to pull a fast one on the audience. You're doing little magic tricks. That's it, right? There's this really cool part in Fablements, right? He, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he talks about a lot of his movies that he made as a kid. And if you search them, I think they're on YouTube. I think you can find Spielberg's old movies, like his old World War II movies and stuff that he shot, I think on eight millimeter, maybe 16 millimeter. I think it was eight. And he did them as a kid and cut them on like some rudimentary edit, little edit boxes that he was using. But he had this really fun detail where he was shooting all his friends running around 
uh, with guns and they would replicate explosions by hiding planks under sand and they would jump on the planks and the explosion would go off behind them and they were putting fireworks in the walls and stuff. Really fun, cool little techniques. But as he's watching the stuff, he's just seeing people are just shaking guns at each other. There's no muzzle flash. Um, and I didn't know this. And so as uh, you're watching the piece and he starts to screen it for the audience, the big reveal is that the guns are flashing and there's a muzzle flash. And you're like, holy fuck. And to these days, a lot of you youngsters out there, you're just like, oh, cool. I'll just download one of those effects packs that puts muzzle flashes and I'll just composite them on top. That's how a lot of these uh, new movies are done for safety reasons is that people are running around with airsoft guns or guns that uh, mechanically move when you hit the trigger. And then they've uh, created these uh, resource packs of muzzle flashes, right? So you have these muzzle flashes that are shot on a black background and you can easily composite those in front of the gun barrels. And that's how they're doing a lot of muzzle flash stuff movies. And this has been around for a while. Back then, you didn't have that. You didn't have computers that were doing video editing. You didn't, you were dealing with film. And as you played this movie on the screen, it's got muzzle flashes. And the audience is gasping and sitting back in their seats. And just that one effect makes it real for everybody that's watching it. Such a great magical trick. And I'm sitting there going like, how the fuck did he do this? And they give it away in there and apparently spoilers apparently what he did was he went through each frame of the film and when he wanted the gun to fire he took a pin and poked a hole right where the muzzle was so that way the light would leak through that hole from the projector how fucking cool is that so then he had muzzle flashes because of pin pricks in it magic tricks that's not something that was in the instruction manual of that eight millimeter camera. You know what I mean? And that's not something that uh, he could have just, you know, signed into YouTube and had someone tell him that's how he did it. That's ingenuity. That's a guy that has been using and staring at film being projected over and over and over and over again as a little kid and asking himself like, how's this fucking thing work? The light is getting pushed through the more transparent portions of each of these frames, that's fascinating. And it's projecting the color through those, that's fucking wild. What happens if there's nothing there? Well, when it runs out, it just goes completely white, right? Smart. That's why this movie's cool. I really like it. It's fun. It celebrates uh, ingenuity. It celebrates imagination. Um, and it's a great story about the family structure and it's nice, man. I, I've just been saying how exhausted I am with movies about pieces of shit, right? There's so many movies out there that are like, all right, here's a bunch of characters that are going to do really shitty things to each other. And uh, we're going to go through the ride of these people doing really shitty things. Like Gina's been watching White Lotus. Everybody fucking loves White Lotus. I have so much trouble getting through it. Um, personally, I could see exactly where the story's going to go. He's not really hiding it. And you're like, all right, this person's going to end up sleeping with that person. This person's going to fucking steal from this person. She's going to be, or this one's going to be the dead one. You know, all that stuff you could see playing out. He just does such a great job 
of building these real shitty characters and taking us along that route with them and watching them do shitty things and have the retribution come to them. Why are we so obsessed with that? Why are we obsessed with that kind of thing? It's crazy as an audience. With the Fablemans, um, these are real people that go through real stuff. And there's real hard things that happen. And there's a lot of like selfish decisions that are made. Um, but they're not assholes about it. And what's, what's great is that the filmmaker's not being an asshole about it for the sake of making it into something salacious or something easy. You know what I mean? He's actually going through and doing the, the hard thing, which is showing you how people forgive folks and the power of forgiveness and what that looks like. And oftentimes when you forgive somebody, it isn't as big of an uh, emotional experience as not forgiving them and, and as like trying to be a bigger piece of shit back to them, right? It's, it's, it's a really fascinating piece. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch The Fablemans. I think you'll like it. It's really interesting. All right, let me look at my list here. What else are we going to talk about today? Uh, oh, I'm excited about the new Avatar movie. You guys pumped? And I know that you're like, well, Avatar hasn't been out in a while. And, you know, he's just doing the same thing. Dude, this is a guy that's independently making uh, like a $200, $300 million movie. <laughs> Come on. Like, and he's doing it all. It's all being filtered through him as the filmmaker. Like he's not going through a panel of people. There isn't a boardroom of folks telling him he can do what he, what he can and can't do. I'm excited about that, man. I'm excited to see, to see someone's voice, to see a filmmaker's singular voice at that level with that kind of excitement and bewilderment and, and uh, scale and, and spectacle and scope. I'm fucking pumped to see it. I can't wait. This is the kind of stuff that I get excited about when I go see movies. It's the kind of movies that I want to make for you guys. Stuff that we're like, fuck yeah, let's go. You guys excited? What is the, the big holiday movie that you're uh, looking forward to? Drop me a, um, a note on uh, Instagram. Let me know. What are, you guys, what are you guys excited about seeing this holiday season? Uh, is it going to be, um, oh my God, what's the, what's the other big movie that's coming out? The one with Margot Robbie. Uh, Babylon, that's it. That one looks great too. Brad Pitt. Babylon, that one looks like it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of really cool filmmaker techniques just in the trailers alone. You know, that kind of thing. You know, that, that, that kind of thing turns me on. You guys know that. Um, let's take a half second here. And uh, I want to talk a bit about the support that I've had over the past year. I've been very fortunate um, to have great support from sponsors this year. Uh, but more importantly, I've been very fortunate to have a killer, a killer fucking audience this year. You all are the best. And I'm, I, I mean this. And I'm, I'm going to open up, I'm going to pull the curtain here for a hot second and let you guys know, looking at my stats right now, this year... We've done 148% better than all of the prior years, collectively. Collectively. Hundreds and thousands of plays this year for 2022. That's amazing. And 
you are all going back and listening from episode one. So <laughs> you're welcome to all the old sponsors from early on in the days because you guys have been getting ad reads all fucking year and I have not been getting paid for them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, it has been a killer year. What was your favorite episode this year? Um, let me tell you right now, let's go all time, all time views. All right. Top episodes, top 10 episodes. So these are our largest hitting episodes to date. Number 10. Let's start at number 10. Episode 149, All the Damn Vampires with Davey Oberlin. Uh, if you guys haven't heard that, it's a great episode. He talks about his music, talks about his time playing with Korn, uh, talks about uh, all, the damn va- all the Damn Vampires and his synthwave band. Great episode. That's at number 10. Number nine, episode 155, Getting Paid to Write About Movies with James Dyer. Uh, James writes for Empire. He came on the show. We talk about what it's like to be basically a film critic. Um, and uh, everybody loves that episode. That's number nine. Now, dude, we, we've got 200 and something episodes, all right? Just so you know. Episode eight, music videos. I'm surprised this one's up here. Music videos, nailing what the artist wants. That is episode 161 clocks in at number eight on our all-time best played episodes. Carl Winterly. Um, we just talk about music videos <laughs> and making music videos. That one's that one blows my mind that that one's on number eight. Um, all right, these are great episodes. Uh, number seven all-time episodes is episode 165. It's a Christmas special from last year. Be your own kind of weird with Christine Salozzi. Uh, she's so great. I met her as a, she came and PA'd for one of our shoots. We all became very close. She's an amazing director. Uh, she comes on the show and talks about her films. She was just, uh, I think she was in one of Kevin Smith Smith's film festivals because she just got a, a shout out by him uh, that I posted last week, which is great. So Christine, you're the shit. I am so happy that you're number seven of our all time played tracks. Uh, number six, episode 172, building a commercial, uh, building a career as a commercial director. Great episode. Number five, episode 157, uh, directing, again, you guys love directing. Directing using action to tell the story in Kate, the movie Kate, with the director, Cedric. He's on the show. If you guys haven't seen Kate yet, it is on. It's a great fucking action movie. It is on Netflix, and uh, Cedric comes on and talks about uh, his process as a, as a uh, director, uh, how he was in directing jail for a while because of his first film not doing well, and how uh, Kate crushed, really crushed. All right, all-time played tracks so far. Episode number 159 comes in at number four, the Ghanaian movie posters episode. Uh, this is such a great episode. I was so happy that it's number four on here. 
uh, the whole history behind the Ghanaian movie posters, uh, that part um, of the world where they couldn't uh, play movies in theaters. So they had like these, you know, little VHS clubs that would travel around and these, these dudes, quote unquote distributors, would travel around in vans and they would put on like uh, to these small little villages that barely had power and they'd bring a generator and a TV uh, and they would start playing uh, action movies from the 80s. And they hired all of these amazing artists, uh, local artists, to do these wacky fucking movie posters. Wacky fucking movie posters. Uh, I remember seeing one. I went for a pitch meeting at Joel Silver's office. And I remember I was sitting in his waiting area and there was this fucking weird ass poster for The Matrix, huge, behind the desk. And it just like, the body proportions were strange. And there was all this shit happening. I was like, that doesn't happen in the movie. What, what, is, what is this poster? Where did this come from? It was a Ghanai movie poster. Uh, so definitely go check it out. They sell movie posters. They sell prints. It's a great Christmas gift for a nerd that you know. So go check out episode 159. And by the way, go to unlevelthaprocess.com. I have all sorts of like supporting images. I have links, trailers, all sorts of stuff that will support each of these episodes. Great place to go if you want to try to buy posters. I think all the links are on the page for episode 159. Uh, all right, top three. We're in the top three all-time played tracks uh, so far on our show. This one, uh, I love this guy. He's been on this. I think he's the most. He's the guest that's been on the show the most. Uh, episode one hundred and sixty, titled "What Is the Big Lie That You Tell Yourself," uh, comes in at number three with guest actor Lance A. Williams. Lance is my man. Lance has been in a bunch of films, a bunch of movies. He had his Hand broken by Denzel Washington in Equalizer 2, and he cried like a girl. <laughs> and Lance, it was just in my new short. I'm excited to see the work that he just did. You guys love him on the show. He comes in at number three. Number two, episode 166, Visual Storytelling, The Filmmaker's Guide to Hitchcock's Techniques. No surprise to me that this is uh, on number two, most played episode on the show because everybody's looking for tricks and and t and techniques on how to become better filmmakers when they listen to the show. Um, no surprise. All right, number one, the number one episode. Those of you listening to the show and have listened to the show for a while, what do you think the number one episode is? I'll tell you this: it's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely not a surprise. Clocking in at number one is episode 175, titled The Healthy Life of a Porn Star. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> Lexi Luna joins me on the show, and uh, the two of us talk about her career transition from being uh, an elementary, I think she was like a kindergarten student, or no, a kindergarten teacher, uh, to being a porn star. Great episode. 
Uh, love that episode. She's wonderful. And to spoil a little stuff, I did additional content with Lexi and a lot of these other filmmakers. And as we push into the new year, I will be creating a new segment on the show called Love Sandwiches. And uh, she does something for Love Sandwiches that's really great. So make sure you stick around for that. Um, there it is. Top played episodes on the show. Crushing numbers. Huge, huge numbers. Great audience. Love you guys. So for those fucking sponsors listening right now, uh, yes, as we push into 2023, stick around. Uh, and I've already got sponsors signed up for next year. First one, the guys that have been with us since the very beginning, Puget Systems. They will be back in 2023. Um, I... I'm loving my new edit machine from those guys. This is what I've been crushing the new movie on. I have been crushing all of Gina's new series that we uh, shot on uh, the new Puget system. Um, and if you are in the market for a new edit machine, go to PugetSystems.com. Follow them on Instagram at Puget Systems. Go there and then uh, he, like write to them on Instagram and just say, hey, look, I want the same edit machine that Mike has because it fucking crushes. You guys are going to want this one. It's awesome, man. This is what I'm using. I'm cutting 4K footage. I've got a project with over 25 layers of uh, 4K video mixed with 6K uh, raw video, um, all playing back real time without any delays at full res. All right? I mean, it's a dream machine currently have eight terabytes of ssd storage right the, the the newest intel chip on the market right now you guys want this system go to pugetsystems.com and build yourself a brand new machine spend some of that christmas money invest in a machine that will make you money make your business money right because you could still charge good money to be an editor right that's where you can a lot of people are like, I don't have enough money for the shoot, but I got money for post. Get that post money. Have a reliable edit machine that you can turn things around quickly on. It's not going to take you all day to run out of project. You know what I mean? PugetSystems.com is the place to go to get that machine. And if you're just going to build your own PC, let's say you want to build the gaming PC, go to PugetSystems.com. They benchmark test all the brand new hardware out there so you can get specs. It's good. It's good. It's really good. Um, also, our friends over at Jambox, jambox.io. Um, here's the deal. I've talked about Jambox a lot. This is the place I go for licensed music. So when I do a short film or if I do a commercial and I want to be able to upload it to YouTube, you don't want to run into copyright issues. Those of you who are cutting your pieces to like, uh, the newest, you know, uh, <laughs> what would be the newest? Uh, Jesus, my brain just shut down. Oh, okay. Metallica just released a new song, right? So let's say you're like, oh, fuck, I like that song. I'm going to cut my new short film and put the Metallica song in it. No, you can't do that, man. You have to pay them for that. It's going to get flagged. It's going to get pulled down. You're liable for that stuff. So if you're going to do something, get music that you can use, music that you license, music that you simply license through Jambox. These guys have the best selection of stock music that I've ever heard anywhere. 
and this isn't, there's no paper in front of me. I'm just telling you legitimately off the top of my head why I like Jambox so much. If you've listened to any of the uh, commercial pieces that I released this year, the stuff I did with Robert Pattinson for GQ with Gina, the stuff I did for EW with the boys, uh, the stuff I did for um, Bose with uh, the Game of Thrones uh, commercial that we did, all that music came from Jambox. And I didn't spend a lot of money on it, man. I just paid for their $19.99 a month uh, account for commercial stuff. That's it, dude. That's it. One of those jobs paid for that, which covered all the other jobs. It's crazy, right? And if you go now to sign up for Jambox, they've given us a special code. I know every podcast says that they have a special code. We have one that gives you 25% off, which is the most out of any of the codes that exist out there. So if you go to jambox.io right now, sign up ILWP25. The code is ILWP25. It only works through the end of December. Sign up now for next year. So now you've got your Puget system locked down. You've got all your music licensing locked down. And you don't have to get the 1999 one. If you guys are just doing podcasts, get the cheaper one, right? It's fine. If you're a student, get the one for, you know, I think it's like, what is it, six bucks a month or something? It's crazy. It's cheap. And they're great. The music is fantastic. I, I did a release a couple weeks ago, Music Showcase, where I show a lot of the musicians, like Tonks, right? You've heard it. They're fucking great. Sign up now using the code ILWP25 at chambox.io. All right? Now, I promised you with the success that we had from the Fujifilm contest that we would be doing another contest. Yes, we are. We're doing another contest with another company. Uh, before we get there, and I just mentioned Fujifilm, let's talk about them. They're the coolest sponsor that we got this year. Not only do they support the show, but they also support us with gear and camera gear. And I don't know how many of my filmmaking friends that I know that have met the people from Fujifilm this year. And Fujifilm has been going around supporting filmmakers. They've been sponsoring fucking uh, short films. Uh, Victor, who's been on the show, go back and listen to the episode with Victor. He's been on the trail all year out there helping filmmakers develop their, their work, helping filmmakers develop their style by providing equipment, by providing gear, by promoting their new camera, which is phenomenal. And I just gave it away. I gave away a free uh, camera from them uh, last week, the week before last week. Hold on a sec. Let me look this up. Yeah. Gave it out two weeks ago. Sergio. We hung out with Sergio, handed him a brand new X-H2S. Love that camera. It is not only a fantastic uh, still camera, but it's a perfect camera. If you're an independent filmmaker, if you're an independent shooter, uh, one of my friends who's a musician, who's creating his own content, was like, I'm looking for a rig that I could just set up and film myself. And I go, well, dude, you got to look at this camera because you, it's got a flip around screen so you can see yourself. And then the autofocus tracking feature on this, this is like Terminator level tracking stuff, right? This is like, you can't escape the turret. <laughs> it's nuts, man. 
It's a really cool camera, the Fujifilm X-H2S. I know so many of you out there are fans. So many people were a part of the contest. Hundreds and hundreds of people wrote to me, entered this contest. Um, those of you who didn't win the camera but got the pins, they're in the mail. I sent them out. You should have got them. You should be getting them soon. They're out there. If you haven't got it yet, write me an email. Drop me an email, and uh, I will uh, send you a tracking number. But uh, yeah, man, Fujifilm, they're awesome. I'm excited that they're with us. I'm excited that they're here. And thank you, Fujifilm, for doing the contest. Maybe we can do another one next year. There's nothing better than being able to give filmmakers the equipment that they need um, to make stuff. And Fujifilm knows this. They're such a great sponsor for the show. Now, we do have another contest from another great company. This company loves supporting us. They've done a, a giveaway with us before. We're going to do a brand new giveaway right now through the end of December from IndiePro, right? IndiePro is the place to go for your power solutions. So if you're someone that is running, let's say you're running a DSLR, maybe you're running a Blackmagic 6K Pro, and those cameras come with very small batteries that are inside. And even the Black Magic, you have to plug it in to charge the battery. Like you have to plug the camera in to charge the battery. Um, I wanted to get a battery that was easily changed. Like I could change it out simply. That had a pretty large charge. Um, and that I could slap onto a charger quickly and have it charge up quickly. And I wanted a battery that would not only power the camera, but it would power all my accessories. So like the onboard monitor, the wireless follow focus, all that stuff. So I found Indie Pro. I got my hands on some of their gold mount batteries and I love them. Slide the little battery plate right on the back of my rails and I'm good to go. I'm using it to power my cameras. I'm using it to power my client monitors on set. These guys have the best batteries out there. For the price, they're the best, man. And what's so great is that they're a company out of New York. They build custom power solutions. So let's say that you need some specialized um, uh, power tap to, to power some sort of special thing that you've got on the camera. These guys will do it for you. If you go to IndieProTools.com um, and check them out, you can get what you need. And we're doing a giveaway with them. So this month, we are going to give away their 2X Micro Series V-mount uh, Lion batteries and a dual V-mount charger kit. So it looks like it's two batteries and a charger. They're V-mount. Um, fantastic batteries. Uh, let's see. Let me get, read the description on them. Power your cameras and devices with this 2X Micro Series uh, battery dual charger units. The kit is comprised of two micro series batteries uh, and a 16.8 DC dual charger for those batteries. Um, they have a 14.8 volt output, which are sufficient powers for most cameras. Uh, the V-mount dual charger can automatically identify the battery capacity and provide a approximate charging current. Um, it's pretty awesome. All right, it's starting to get a little technical, so we'll change. Uh, so here's the deal. I'm going to do a post on Instagram, all right? I'll do a post on Instagram about this. We'll do the contest post. I'm making a note right now. Post. Um, and uh, what I need you guys to do is right underneath that you want to win this thing. Hey, I want to get my hands on this battery set, so just make a note underneath the post. 
and then go to IndiePro and leave uh, a comment under any of their posts on IndiePro and say, thanks for sponsoring a level of the process and tag me, tag Mike Petchy in that post. It was very successful when we were doing that with the Fujifilm contest. We're going to do that again. So if you want to win this, right? Um, like I said, look for the post. I'm going to do a contest post on my Instagram page today. Make sure underneath you go, hey, Mike, I want to win this, okay? Then go to IndiePro's Instagram and tag me in your post there on any of their photos and say, thank you so much for sponsoring and love with the process. Tag Mike Petchy. Good to go? Make sense? Fuck yeah. All right, last but not least for our sponsors, uh, our friends over at Boca Rentals. Boca Rentals is the place that I go for all of the sexy camera, sexy lenses that I get to use for my films. And I know we live in a time period where cinematography is at its peak. Everybody is pumped with how exciting and interesting television shows look right now, how the lighting looks, and what lenses did they use to do that stuff. What I love about Boca, and this is how I found them, their Instagram page, Boca Rentals. I'll put all the links below in the description of this episode, but their Instagram page uh, was where I went to see what lenses were used for different series, for different shows. That is where I went to find the lenses and to see if I could rent them. We just shot with these Rancheros, these Cook Rancheros for Gina's stuff, gorgeous lenses. Shot them with the uh, Arri Alexa Mini LF, which we also got from Boca. Um, was able to figure out, because those lenses usually don't fill full frame, uh, but I found out with a bunch of these different lenses, as long as you're, it was below, no, 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 it was above. So it was above 50 millimeter, it still stretched to all angles of it. When you're below 50 millimeter and you start to get into the wider angle lenses, you start to see the actual lens housing and the lens mounts and stuff. So it didn't really work that well. But for the, for the Rancheros, we were using stuff that was over 50. I think even 35 might have worked. Um, and it's gorgeous, gorgeous. The anamorphics that they have on their website, I cannot wait to get my hands on them, right? Go to Boca Rentals right now. We're talking to them. We're going to convince them to stick around to sponsors. We're talking about doing contests with them. Um, they jumped on at the end of the year last year, and they're very excited into pushing into the new year. And I cannot wait to continue our relationship and to continue to promote these guys. Um, and what they their creed is to support independent filmmakers and young cinematographers. They know the deal. They know how hard it is to get started. They know sometimes you don't have the same kind of money that you normally would have. These guys work with you. They're a great company for this. So go check them out right now, Boca Rentals. Great resource. Uh, and they're here in Los Angeles, but I'm sure they ship too, right? Don't quote me on that, but check with them. Ask them at Boca Rentals because I'm sure they ship. We had, when I used to shoot back in Boston, we used to have a lot of lenses shipped from California. So I'm sure they do. Um, that's it. Uh, and uh, stand by because we have a lot of, <laughs> I'm on the edge. I'm on the ledge with a lot of new sponsors that are coming in. A lot of exciting sponsors that are coming in. People that are going to do contests with us. People that are going to do giveaways with us. People that might sponsor live fucking podcast recordings. Like all that kind of stuff. I mean, think about 
What's going to happen next year? If we fucking crossed 145% or whatever it is, 140% more listeners than we did in 2021 and 2020 and since we started five years ago, crazy. What's next year going to be like? And I'll tell you this, between the excitement of the show and between the excitement that I've got on 12KM, all of you new followers and all you new listeners that came over from the 12KM viral thing, welcome to the show, man. This is the place to hang out. If you love movies, we're going to get crazy with it. I'm really going to blow this thing open a bit. And we're also going to try to keep you up to date with what I'm shooting. And fingers fucking crossed. It's my goal as I push into this new year that I'm going to do a fucking feature this year, man. And you guys are going to come along for the ride. What do you think of that? All right. So, um, hold on a sec here. Because I'm doing everything live here today, fellas. Let's take a second and let's do a little music interlude and then we'll come back. Hold up. That was a track from Le Avenue, another band that we started playing at the beginning of this year and uh, love their stuff. They actually sent me some vinyls a little while ago and uh, I play them when we have parties here. I fucking love them. I love all the musicians that are on this show and that support the show and that give us music. Um, and this show wouldn't be what it is without them. And I just heard... Um, I think I could say this online. I think Code Electro, who is the first musician that gave us music, I think he's releasing new stuff in January. I think that's what I heard. So uh, you'll know where to hear it first. You'll hear it here, you know. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Where were we at? Um, oh, hey. Gina and I were sitting around the last night, and uh, she's like, poor thing had fucking food poisoning, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, she got food poisoning two days ago. And uh, you know when you have food poisoning when you're throwing up every hour on the hour, right? First throw up, you're like, hey, what you get? we get the flu? Second throw up, you're like, let me go get a COVID test? What's going on? And then third throw up, you're like, you got food poisoning. She got hit pretty hard. So we were sitting around 
watching TV, watching some movies. And she's like, let's make a list of Christmas movies that we want to watch this year. And so we had to go through uh, a couple lists and put together our list. And I'm going to say a controversial statement here. And I get it, right? When I was a kid, we used to sit around and watch the same Christmas movies over and over again. And some of them have become nostalgic, right? So like you're talking about like... uh, Frosty the Snowman, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Charlie Brown's Christmas, or White Christmas, or Miracle on 34th Street, uh, The Christmas Story, all that stuff. You know, you're like, okay. And there were always a few outliers, because some of that stuff, you're just like, all right, I've seen this, mm, you know, 15, 30 times in a row. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, I'm done with it. Some of the outliers always stick around for me, like Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon, Chevy Chase, love that movie. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some new ones that I really dig, like Home for the Holidays. I loved Robert Downey Jr.'s in that. Um, but I get it. There are a lot of us, like I was the same way, where I got tired of watching Christmas movies and I'm like, look, I'm going to put in Die Hard, right? Or I'm going to put in Gremlins or I'm going to put in Lethal Weapon, right? And to be the defiant one, I would just go, well, you know, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. We should watch Die Hard. You know, Gremlins is a Christmas movie. We should watch Gremlins. And I, I go, yeah, I get it. And now that's the big thing, right? Now all of like the me's are older. And so everybody's like, well, these are Christmas movies. I don't know. When we were putting together an actual list of Christmas films, I, our criteria was this. It's got to be a movie that we wouldn't watch any other time of the year, right? It's got to be a film that you wouldn't put in in July. That's a Christmas movie. Like a movie that like, you're not putting in Miracle of 34th Street on Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? You're not putting that in on a random fucking Tuesday, you know, in June. Uh, Die Hard I would, right? Gremlins I would. Lethal Weapon, for sure I would, you know? So are those really holiday movies? Yeah, I get it. They take place during the holidays, and I get it. They're a great escape from all of the trash that you normally have to watch, right? Because a lot of the holiday stuff starts to get real sappy and lame, right? And these are fun and exciting. I get it. I get it. I get it. But when we were putting together our list, we're like, it's got to be movies that I would not play. Um, And you know what I'm excited to see? on our list, which I can't remember seeing, which means it's been long enough, is Polar Express. That was good, right? Wasn't that a good movie? I'm going to watch that this week. That's on our list. Um, I want to see the, the... Did you see that they made... Well, I think they had already made a sequel to A Christmas Story, but they actually made like a new Christmas Story movie with the same guy who was in the original, who was Ralphie in the original, right? And here's a little weird little thing. He also went on to become a producer and a director, and he was John Favreau's producer for a while on the Dinner for Five series. Did you guys ever watch that interview series that Favreau did where he'd sit a bunch of people down around for dinner? I think it was on IFC. But anyway, I think he's in the new one. I have to see that. That's on my list too for this year. I'm gonna check that out. I think that's on. I think that's on Netflix. Is where that is. Um, 
So yeah, what are on your what what is your movie list this year? Send me some films. Send me some offbeat films for for holidays. And I get it, fucking Krampus. I get it, you know. But send me some some feel good holiday movies. What do you got? What do you got? All right, let's see. What else am I? What else do I got on my list? I'm gonna wrap this up. Where are we at? Yeah, about an hour. Okay. Um, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, Gina and I have been loving the new season of Rick and Morty. You guys watch Rick and Morty, the animated show? It's fucking hysterical. And <laughs> it's mean, <laughs> sarcastic, and bitter. That show's very bitter. Um, but I, I, I really dig it, you know? Regardless of what you think personally of Dan Harmon, I think the show is really well written. It's obvious that these guys were like Dungeons and Dragons nerds right? With the way that this show plays out. It's, it's a show made for fans. It's a show made for nerds. It's hysterical. The hidden stuff. We were just watching one of the newer episodes last night, and there's this bit where Rick and Morty are trying to hide from these bad guys. And one of my favorite parts of the show isn't necessarily the writing, it's the animators. And there's so many jokes that are done by the animators, which I fucking love. And there's this bit where they're trying to hide from bad guys. They're going through like this evil lair. <laughs> and Rick pulls up a little menu on his watch, and it's this little, like, uh, you know, projection menu. And he grabs, <laughs> he grabs a stamp cloning tool from Photoshop, and they clones out. <laughs> That's how they did, they disguise themselves, is that they actually clone the wall next to them over themselves. And it's such a fucking nerd joke. It's a joke for the people in the industry. It's a joke for the animators. It's a joke that goes well over the head of uh, just standard fans on it. And I love that about that. That fucking show's really great. Uh, it's up there with the best. You know, Rick and Morty, you know, South Park. I was never a big Simpsons guy. I, You know, Simpsons was fun. But uh, I think South Park is probably my favorite as far as writing is concerned. And Rick and Morty is just like, you want to talk about like multiverse madness craziness. You know, they write themselves into a corner and they continue to just make it better and better and better and better and better. Um, great fucking show. If you haven't watched it, obviously everybody has. Rick and Morty, the new season's really fucking good. Um, yeah, and that's it. Let me, I uh, wanted to wrap out the show and, you know, come back again to 12KM and uh, just thank everybody for for watching the, 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 uh, the film and loving the film. And... I want to, uh, let's see if I can, let's read some dog shit reviews. Because <laughs> it's kind of my favorite thing to do. Um, <clears throat> let's see. And there's, a, let me just say, there's a lot of great reviews out there. I just don't want to be the guy that's reading good reviews about his own film on the show. But I will totally read shitty reviews. And these are reviews on Letterboxd, by the way. And I'm having a conversation with Letterboxd about doing something. Um, this guy, and... Let me just say here, we've had, let's see, how many people have rated it on Letterboxd? Does it give us a number? There's a bunch of people that have rated it on here. And a lot of people that have given it like five stars, four and a half. I think our biggest category for stars, I think, is four stars for this. So generally, we're talking about four stars for the movie in general. Um, and uh, hold on a second here. Let me see how I can make this 
There's nothing better than listening to Mike surf the internet. Here we go. <laughs> uh, just recently reviewed one half, one half star. But I, I have a feeling that he had to give it something in order to give it a review. So one half star. Uh, Max says, this is the most uninteresting and unintentionally stupid movie of all time. <laughs> Horribly made and terribly directed. Uh, he writes to me directly, you're gatekeeping this steaming pile of shit for this seriously get real petchy. This is what he writes. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so here's what one does when you read a review. You go check out, you try to check out this guy's, let's see if it'll take me to this guy's profile. Boom. All right. So let's see. What are his favorite films? I didn't stand a chance. The Immortal Story, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? What movie is this? 1969 by Sidney Pollack. Uh, in the midst of the Great Depression, manipulative Rocky enlists contestants for a dance mar marathon, offering 100 and 1,500 in cash prizes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was not going to like my fucking movie. His favorite films, which are great fucking movies. Elephant, he gives five stars. Have you guys ever seen Elephant? Gus Van Sant's movie about the school shooting. Fucking phenomenal movie. Uh, but you wouldn't like my movie if you like that. Blonde, he loved. There you go, buddy. The Immortal Story. Oh, Polar Express. Three stars. Um, but yeah. Okay, so Max uh, hated our movie. All right, let's see here. Let's see here. I don't know. What's this one? Don't trust your own voice. Eerie, tense, isolation horror. Well done. Mike has crafted a deeply personal short, abundant with family betrayal. Oh, cool. That's rad. Uh, I caught the viral blow up and has been getting an Instagram. Has lucky enough to get a screener. Okay, cool. He didn't review it. Um, let's see. Two and a half stars. Was fortunate enough to get a chance to watch this, but this is such a dumb film. All right, let's go see what this guy likes for movies. Uh, let's see. Favorite films. Eyes Wide Shut, Requiem for a Dream. Okay, Stalker. All right, I'm surprised you didn't like it more if you like Stalker, dude. All right, dude. All right. I'll take it. I'll take the hit. I like the hits. Uh, <laughs> here's another two-star. Pure mess, but not a good mess. Uh, what does this guy uh, like for movies? Favorite films, Where is the Friend's House, Punishment Park, Funny Games. Yeah, you're not going to like my movie. Uh, <laughs> is this boring to you guys? Um, let's see, two stars. Oh, this fucking asshole. All right, so this guy puts up the password. So you're, you're, just, you're just not, you're trying to ruin everybody's fun. Uh, great look. Good Annihilation-esque uh, hypotheticals and theoreticals in the shot. Okay, this guy must speak English. But unfortunately, not very human and leaves too much to the imagination for comfort. This is 100% just a marketing gimmick. Well, when I made it back in 2016, I wish that was my plan. Um, oh, that's cool. David Lynch audio and visuals. Safdie Brothers pacing. I did it first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. It's really cool, man. I love reviews from both ends. And you heard me say this on the show before. Leave a review. Even if you think it sucks, because I will read that. And I most likely will read that on the show. And now I'm just opening up the world to, to give me shitty reviews just so I get read on the show. But I love them, man. Great marketing. Shit film. Very... I, I, I love it when people uh, are afraid to be specific. Great marketing, shit film. Very well made technically, though. One star. Thank you. I'll take the technical one star. I appreciate that. Uh, one and a half stars. Nice use of magnetic fluid. Thank you. <laughs> this guy gave me three stars. We got a petchy. You like the thing. Super cool Insta promo, though. Okay, man. Thanks. Very cool. Um, so if you guys haven't seen it yet, you can watch it now for free. Um, if you go to inlovewiththeprocess.com on our main page, there's a spot that says watch 12 KM. If you go there and enter the password, I L W P it's all in caps. I L W P that once again is in capital letters, I L W P. And it is at inlovewiththeprocess.com on our main page. You'll see, uh, if you scroll down, you'll see a thing that says, watch 12KM, enter password. You can watch the movie right now. And I know a lot of you have been DMing me your three favorite horror movies. I'm trying to get to them all. I haven't made it yet. If you want to have a more current conversation about your horror movies, post them underneath one of my uh, wall posts. And I generally get back to folks there faster than I can through the DMs. I wish I could show you a video of how the DM stuff works because I want to open this up to you guys so that you know that when you're writing to me, if you're writing to somebody, I can only imagine what it's like to be writing to like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Or one of these big celebrities and you're expecting them to get your direct message. Instagram, like the actual, um, the software or the, what did they call it? Oh, your brain shutting down, Mike. Anyway, Instagram isn't built for that kind of uh, traffic, for that large kind of traffic. It's just not. So it's hard for me to go back days, let alone weeks. Like I start digging back weeks into the DMs and I think it's because of the cachet that gets logged on the phone. It starts to really start, it really lags down, right? So it's hard for me to respond. So if you haven't heard something from me, it's not that I don't like your list of movies. It's just that it's very difficult. So keep your eyes. Well, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you already got a fucking link, right? But tell your friends to either listen to the podcast. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are lazy and they don't want to listen to a full podcast. I oftentimes doing live sessions. I oftentimes are just posting passwords for short periods of time up there. I want to keep the movie private. I want to keep the movie exclusive, right? Because it's, it, it's not the actual movie. It's, it's a proof of concept for the feature, you know? You guys are just lucky enough to see it. I'm lucky enough to have you look at it. That's it. That's, that's the rant for today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Lots of episodes on the way. I'm just behind on editing. Uh, I've got episodes coming out uh, with filmmakers, with writers, all sorts of guests pushing our way into the new year. Um, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for supporting us. And tell your friends... Um, to listen to the show. And I can't say this enough. Go buy a t-shirt now because the pre-sale is almost done. The link is in my Instagram bio at Mike Petchy 
on Instagram. Pick yourself up a shirt right now. If you're not in the U.S. and you really want a shirt and you're willing to pay for the shipping, uh, write to me, let me know, and I will contact the t-shirt company and they will put together a price for you. So if you're not in the U.S. and you really want a t-shirt, let me know. All right? So that's it. I'm going to leave you guys with some music. Thanks for listening to the show. And as always, I will catch you next Tuesday.